Um, okay, hi guys, and welcome to the Fight Side Boxing Podcast. I'm Lukash, as always, but um, not as always. I have a guest with me today for once. Um, I have Iggy, who is my Fight Side um, co co writer, um, higher up, and a host of his own podcast, Tengadrome, which I didn't pronounce it right the first time, and I didn't pronounce it right this time either, but um, nearly. <laughs> um, hello, Iggy. Hi. And that was a respectable attempt. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, um, anyway, and you are joining me, and we are talking about. I'm not even going to do the joke this time. Um, yeah, just in case you guys are wondering, I'm referring to a, a first attempt at an intro that uh, that isn't going to make it in, and I attempted to make a joke about the shit heavyweight fight, and it didn't work. So, um, so now a you're getting me. versus Zhang. Yeah. The amazing co-main yeah. to the. Uh, it started off. It started off quite well and then just degenerated into a fat guy walking around after a thin guy. Um, is it is it supposed to be like a fight for the mandatory challenge? Yeah, yeah. The um, the winner so um, Herkovic is mandatory to fight Usyk now. Oh my god! <laughs> and it's the IVF, so they enforce it mandatory. So it's almost definitely going to be Usyk's next fight. If you know, if he, he might he might vacate and fight Fury because he doesn't care anymore. But if he stays, he has to I fight mean, Herkovic. Yeah, fuck he should do that. Why? Yeah. He, he could cut one of his hands off and still win. <laughs> I mean, on the other hand, like he could just fight Hergovic tomorrow. Yeah, uh, <laughs> keep the belt and then fight Fury. Yeah, but so anyway, we'll get into it. Yeah, um, we are actually going to talk about Usyk versus Joshua, obviously. And this time, I did get the names right around. Um, but before we start, um, I am going to mention, and since Iggy's here, he can maybe. Uh, or oh, he will say a sentence or two about it. Um, but we'll link in the post, and we'll link in the description or on the Twitter post um, to the Fight Site Appeal for a little bit of help, for a little bit of financial assistance, if at all possible. Um, Iggy? Yeah. Uh, so for those who don't know, uh, I've been, I'm out of the country. I'm a Russian citizen and I left the country about five months ago in March, in the beginning of March. And uh, yeah, I've been com- country helping ever since and mostly relying on a small allow- monthly allowance taking out of uh, the fight side patreon and currently we're trying to put together an immigration fund that would allow me to resettle somewhere that is safe and continue my work for the fight side uh, without <laughs> without fearing for my you know for my life <laughs> so every little bit of help uh, is uh, clearly felt and uh, i mean if uh, a hundred people band together and throw like ten bucks my way. That's already a thousand dollars. So you know it it, it 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 certainly adds up. And I would I'm really I would really appreciate your help. But uh, thank you for letting me plug this. And uh, I guess let's continue with the show. Yeah, let's let's get going. So um, we're talking about Usyk versus Joshua, and I guess as you suggest, a sensible place to be start to start would be we. I think between the what was it three of us, four of us. We did a preview, and we absolutely nailed the preview. So, um, so um, a good place to start would be to say, to look at what we what we thought would happen, and see how that translated to the actual fight. Yeah, so, we'll um, bring up some key points that uh, we mentioned in the article. But yeah. for your benefit, for the benefit of listeners, I would suggest to just go on the website and read the preview, and then. Uh, uh, get back to us <laughs> yeah. but either way let's go over some key points from the preview because there were some dynamics that we clearly saw through mm-hmm. despite all these smoke and mirrors that uh, Joshua has been putting out Joshua's camp has, has been putting out in the uh, build up to the fight yeah. I am going to turn into this crude 
brutal boxer who's just going to club Usyk into a submission. And, uh, that was very believable. <laughs> I made the mistake of boxing with the boxer, but yeah. this time around, I'm going to release the beast. Yeah. Going to let the tiger <laughs> let the tiger out of the cage. I don't know if you recall that um, Chris Algieri's coach against Manny Pacquiao. Oh um, my god. Let, let him out of the cage and then he got knocked down four times in six rounds or something stupid like that. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, that's... Uh, Anthony Joshua is uh, a media animal, essentially. Like, his uh, whole personality... Like, he's the reason why British boxing is as big as it is now. Uh, yeah, that well, is undeniable. But a lot of that is primarily media efforts. Mm-hmm. I mean, him and Eddie Hearn. He's, uh, him and Eddie Hearn are very much... Uh, birds of a feather when it comes to talking to the media but, um, mm. but yeah as far as boxers go yeah Anthony Joshua is um, very much shaped the way the game the way the sport is in England in the British in Britain at the moment he's kind of like manufactured in a way that would appeal to the mm. broadest audience possible and yeah. uh, get as many Brits in on yeah. the hype train as possible yeah and it is an interesting one because like um, I suspect we'll talk about it a little bit at the end with his meltdown but he like, mm. there have always been hints that that's not really who he is. I mean, apart from the fact that he's been arrested multiple times when he was younger and uh, has a has a, a drug conviction on his record, you know, that, that should have been a clue. That isn't necessarily who he is. But, um, but even throughout his career, there's just been moments where he's, you know, kind of pushed it and then reined it back in. Like, um, you know, like Will Smith slapping Chris Rock at the Oscars, I guess. <laughs> 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 yeah, but uh, about the actual dynamic, yeah. and uh, it's kind of tricky to talk about it because the dynamic has been muddled so much by the build-up to the fight because of the Joshua's own statements and the way that the British uh, boxing fan scene has been talking about Anthony Joshua in the build-up. Because, uh, well, in the first fight, obviously, uh, Joshua got, uh, got boxed up, plain and simple. Usyk beat the brakes of him. Uh, dance circles around him, connected with this almost every punch, and uh, had uh, no issue navigating Joshua. Okay, had to eat a couple good right hands, but essentially that's it. And uh, uh, the way that Joshua has been talking himself up is just, uh, yeah, I am going to get down and dirty. I'm going to use my size, and uh, I'm going to mess him up in the clinch. I'm going to be really dirty, really nasty in there. Get, th- throw down in the pocket and all that kind of stuff. Basically, like, be physical. And there's a, a bunch of problems with that. <laughs> like, yeah. what, what Joshua is, he's a, he's a good mid- mid-range boxer. He's uh, reasonably well-schooled in terms of outfighting. And getting up close and, and personal is just uh, not his style. Yeah, and, I mean, he... Uh, yeah. He got clocked by Andrew Ruiz when you tried that, so so it's never going to it's never going to work with Usyk, was it? But, um, but yeah, no, um, I think we all of us who were in on the preview um, pretty much saw through the uh, saw through the big talk and figured that that's not what he's going to be. It's not even what he's going to try to do. He's just not going to. He's not going to do that. He's going to be more. He's, he he would try to use his size in certain ways, but it's going to be a technical attempt. And he is going to be boxing. And that's, you know, that is what he did. Yeah, he mm. came in with a bunch of uh, uh, good adjustments. And, uh, like, there's, there's 
and, and just uh, cannot get away from the narratives, like the narrative surrounding the fight. Okay, so Usyk supposedly uh, just robbed Joshua with pitter patter one twos. That is, despite the fact that Joshua got rocked <laughs> by Usyk, <laughs> almost finished by the end. So the pitter patter argument just that makes no sense to me, and uh, yeah. just uh, and the, the idea, all the excuses that, that uh, people came up for Joshua, like, oh, that that was a off night. It was a wrong game plan, or like uh, he, he hadn't slept well before the fight. And like, come on, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not even that because now we're well, we, now we're talking about this one being his career best performance. But even like that fight was probably the best Joshua had been, you know, exactly. until then. It was he, a really good showing, and even though yeah. it was a losing showing, and it's the yeah. same this time around as well. Even though he looked much improved, uh, he still lost pretty comprehensively, I'd say. Yep. And um, I mean, one judge, one judge managed to uh, try to rob him, but um, we'll get to that uh, at the end. Oh yeah, <laughs> they tried the damnedest to rob Usyk <laughs> of this victory because, yeah. yeah, I would guess the Saudis would really, really like to uh, have that wilder fight in uh, in where it is in Jeddah. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah. Well, maybe they maybe they can have it with uh, with the loser. But um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. Let's uh, let's talk about um, what Joshua. Um, yeah, let's talk about what Joshua brought to the table um, first. I mean, because like, as, we, as we've been saying, the um, the focus really has been on Joshua because Usyk's just going to do what Usyk does and respond to what Joshua's bringing to the table. Yeah, the onus was uh, strictly on Joshua to adapt to to have a better showing. Yeah, and um, I mentioned this in my preview, so I will bring it up now. Um, I already had my suspicions about how this was going to go from his choice of trainer, his new choice of new trainer um, for this for this camp, um, which was Robert Garcia, who has a specific set of focuses. Um, he doesn't. Um, he's not one of those boxers, one of those trainers where every fighter try. You know, he tries to turn everyone into a template of the same fighter. But he has he has things that he focuses on, and none of those things are shoving your opponent around and, um, you know, pushing him, pushing him to the edge of the ring and beating him up with rough stuff like that. It's not what Robert Garcia teaches. So it would have been weird for Anthony Joshua to pick him as a, as a coach if that was what he was aiming for. Um, but instead, yeah, he, he went with a coach who's, um, whose focus is distance and a strong jab and, um, you know, clean, Clean-ish mid-range boxing. Like his, all of his fighters. Um, some of the examples of his fighters. Mikey Garcia is his brother, so he's sort of the main one. Nuno um, Donaire back in the day um, was one of them. Uh, Maidana was with him when he beat Broner. You know, all those kinds of guys. They're all capable of being phys- you know, physical. Not, none of them are light lightweights, but um, but their um, but their main strength is always maintaining range, keeping accuracy good timing all of that kind of thing and that's all the things that Joshua was already doing that Garcia would help him hopefully refine and I think he did you know yeah the one thing that immediately stood out to me is how uh, how much more mobile uh, Joshua seemed he first of all he showed up looking uh, very lean compared to his previous outings uh, and uh, he was doing a great job of uh, 
turning with Usyk as uh, Usyk was moving laterally, which is something that um, uh, really gave him a lot of trouble the first time around because mm-hmm. Usyk essentially like basically just buzzed around him and kept stinging him uh, with impunity. And over, uh, and in this fight, uh, while I would not say that uh, Joshua was able to keep up with Usyk, but uh, he's uh, upped his mobility just enough to simply n- not get, uh, get peppered for free. Yeah, and I, I suggest that uh, with this, with the size advantage that he had, like that was a sensible approach. Um, you know, Josh, Joshua, if, especially when he's sort of keeping to the outside, he doesn't have to move very far for Usyk to have to move a whole lot further to get to where he's trying to go. So, if Joshua holds his position and and pivots, then Usyk has to go a long way to take the outside angle that. In the last fight, he just kind of had to take like two steps, and he was a, uh, you know, free and clear to land whatever he wanted around the side. And this time, he had to really work a lot harder to get there. Yeah, it's kind of similar to what uh, Teofimo Lopez did against Lomachenko, but obviously Usyk is a much better outfighter than Lomachenko and uh, uh, cleaner on the back foot. So, yeah. and obviously <laughs> Joshua is not the same caliber of boxer as Lopez, so he yeah. had well, quite a bit more trouble. But yeah. still, reasonable approach makes sense. Yeah, and um, yeah, and I would, I would also suggest that Usyk is, has keeps a calm ahead than. Uh, Lomachenko, so he yeah. didn't panic. Lomachenko yeah. has a tendency to get frustrated and angry yeah. and can yeah. get overly aggressive at times. Yeah. With Usyk, he's much more clinical. Yeah, it's. I think I said it in. I said it in my preview podcast. Um, one of the issues uh, um, Joshua was going to have um, that uh, that um, for example um, Lopez didn't is that Lomachenko basically has. Two, two modes where he goes he's a little bit more careful you know, he's always aggressive but he's got the slightly more careful Lomachenko or he's got the really aggressive showing off Lomachenko and if he switches from one to the other too quickly he's um, he's at risk of getting caught but Usyk doesn't do that so he wasn't going to fall into the trap of uh, of you know trying something and Joshua was uh, ready for it like he he, he 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 checks things out before he really pushes onto it and Joshua just doesn't have that subtlety of approach to deal with that. You know, he doesn't have that subtlety of approach to bait him in, to bait Usyk into being more aggressive than um, he needed to be. The one approach that uh, I suggested that uh, Joshua could take is a directional approach. Not exactly yeah. trying to get up close and dirty, but to pressure Usyk and uh, try to cut the ring and uh, use intercepting hooks. And uh, to Joshua's credit, he attempted uh, that approach in in part, because he focused on body shots a lot. Uh, he threw lots of body shots, but didn't necessarily pressure Usyk or try to corral him into uh, one direction or the other. And to be fair, uh, Usyk is just uh, really hard to time at the best of times. And uh, the way he moves, he never just moves one way and then the other way. He was like fakes one way, goes the other way, yeah. and fakes one way. Uh, fakes going the other way and then goes the in the, the first direction anyways. So it's he's extremely tricky to trick uh, to track down in this way. Yeah, I, I would suggest in the first four rounds, Joshua did a good job at keeping Usyk in front of him. He didn't press so much in the first four rounds, but he um, with those pivots and he did like throw hooks um, and shovel hooks to mm. um, sort of they were kind of intercepting and they were kind of you know he kept Usyk in front of him quite well in the first 
four rounds. I would, say, I would go so far to say as if the early rounds were, to a large extent, fought on Joshua's terms, or at least way more than the first fight. Like, there were four... Usyk was going back and forwards a lot more than he was going side to side in the early rounds. Um, you know, he was having to figure ways through rather than around. Yeah, and admittedly, and, um, like, now that I think about it, pressuring Usyk would probably have exhausted Joshua <laughs> extremely quickly. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think that's one thing that he did actually... He, I think he planned that really well, and, you know, we'll go... We'll, talk about it more as we go through the fight but um i think he did do really well he had a bunch of adjustments ready but he didn't throw them all at the same time because if he had done that he would have you know if he he could have done that and tried to knock um Usyk out but then he'd have had shown Usyk everything he's got yeah that's just and, putting all your cards on the table at the same yeah. time and i think he did quite well at, at hiding you know holding things back and uh also, not just exhausting himself because he he can't keep up with Usyk. That's just not no. he's never going to be that guy. Um, so, so I think he did well at you know the best he could at introducing certain things at certain times. Yeah, and uh, mm. managing his stamina quite well uh, throughout yeah. the entire fight. Slowly, mm. kind of amping it up and picking his shots and trying to find his moments, not going too crazy. Up until a certain point, of course, but yeah. uh, that at that point in the fight, it made sense. But we'll get yeah. into it. Uh, the one thing uh, that uh, Joshua did really well to establish his authority, uh, not dominant authority, in the first couple rounds is uh, starting quick and uh, doing focusing really hard on establishing the jab, throwing lots of really quick, really sharp jabs, uh, not. Not many of them connected. Uh, I would say a scant quantity of them connected, but uh, it was still there. He was establishing a threat of the jab, yeah. and uh, because like it's important because uh, the reason why Usyk was able to uh, unload on Joshua with impunity the first time around is that uh, he just took away Joshua's jab. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a thing that um, my regular listeners know. I talk about quite often is um, controlling the space directly in front of you. Um, you know, it seems a really obvious thing to say, but not, you know, it's not actually that common to see a fighter looking to just make the space directly in front of you really unpleasant to be. Um, and in the first fight, like Joshua didn't really do that at all. Like Usyk could really hang around in front of Joshua and approach him from whatever angle he wanted to. And then this, you know, he could go pass through that space whenever he wanted to. So he didn't really have to think about it. Whereas in this one, Joshua did make certain that Usyk had to he had to think about where he was going before he went there, if you, if you see what I'm saying. Like, he couldn't just... Yeah, it's, it's basically like establishing a threat so you can't just enter uh, yeah. willy-nilly. Uh, you have to uh, get past something, whether it be a jab, whether it be a rear hand attack, uh, a counter, a distance counter, something. And uh, I think you talked about this um, um uh, in the your immediate post fights, uh, quick post that you released after the fight is that Joshua was doing a good job of stepping backwards, taking a small step backwards after throwing the jab. So it, it's kind of like acts as a sort of a feint, like he's threatening that he's going to throw something else once he's uh, re-established the distance. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and also that just makes it. Uh... It just makes it harder for Usyk to move as well because um, a small step for Joshua, yeah, Yeah. and a a small step for Joshua is a quite a big step for Usyk. So it's just more work for him to do, and that was that was the thing that I think he, you know, that was that was the way I wanted him to use his size is to use it to make Usyk work hard for the little things, and I think yeah, I think he did that pretty well. 
you know, I th- he, think he did that even better than I was expecting, and I was expecting him to focus on it. So, so that was well, you know, just well done by Joshua, to be fair. Yeah, I would say that uh, Usyk uh, has been looking kind of haggard by the end of the fight. Mm-hmm. It's not like he was completely exhausted or gassed or anything mm-hmm. like that. I'm not saying that, but he did look uh, slightly worse for wear, is how I would put it. <laughs> and uh, I think that, um, and he had to dig pretty deep in the later rounds to unload as he did. Which is, uh, I think, is I hadn't noticed it before. I mostly thought it's just uh, the, the sheer act of keeping up such a pace. But now that you mention it, yeah, I think it's uh, somewhat caused by Joshua's adjustment. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think sense. I think Usyk would, you know, I think Usyk would say himself. Yeah, it was just a, it was a, just a different fight than the first one. You know, I've, th- I've seen a few people suggesting you know this, this fight wasn't as good as the first one, or Usyk um, underperformed, or you know, oh, come I, on, I, I don't know what you're talking about, guys. Really, you know, it's a, it's it was an excellent it was an excellent fight, and Usyk had to do a lot to to win it. You know? Yeah, I think uh, now that we've established the key points, uh, I think we can get, just get into breaking down mm-hmm. the fight itself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is, so I think we, I mean we already started doing that I guess yeah. but uh, we mentioned the f- fast start in the first mm-hmm. couple rounds and uh, the middle rounds like where he started picking up the body shots and uh, uh, it's kind of I was thinking that uh, I'm going nuts watching this fight because it really reminded me of Pacquiao versus uh, Margarito even though it's nothing alike it's just sort of slightly similar the fight just sort of popped up in my mind <laughs> But I guess it's similar in the sense that it's a big guy trying to corral the uh, the smaller guy along the ropes to unload with body shots, with, with the smaller guy with the yeah. smaller southpaw throwing lots of one two ones. Yeah, I can I can see it. I can see it. I think the personalities are very different, but I can see the start. You know I mean, what exactly, you were going for, yeah. and the shape that both fighters ended up in by the end yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Kyle McLaughlin said that on Twitter, and so that's when yeah. I thought, yeah, I'm not yeah. not as crazy as I think. Yeah, yeah. I think no, I think you're. I think you're both onto something with that one. Yeah. I mean, Joshua's Joshua's eye didn't nearly fall out, but um, you know, <laughs> that that was grim. That was a. Oh my god, that, that's a gnarly fight. Yeah. yeah. But no, yeah. It was. Um, I would also say that um, Usyk didn't dominate, didn't beat Joshua up quite as much as uh, as Pacquiao did. I mean, no, by far, no. But but um. <laughs> But yeah, he had. Yeah, I mean, it's fair to say Usyk and Pacquiao aren't completely dissimilar, um, even though, yeah, Pacquiao's more Pacquiao. I'm not going to go into exactly the ins and outs of Pacquiao here, but Pacquiao wasn't a pressure fighter in the same sense. Even though you know, he 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 left the, he left the impression in your head of being one, but he wasn't really one. But in the Margarito fight, he did kind of turn into one. He did kind of just go balls to the wall. So so that kind of puts it even more. Yeah, I can see. Basically, what I'm saying is, I can see what you're saying here. Yeah, the philosophy yeah. is just different. <laughs> yeah. Completely different philosophies. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, and um, you now what I would say uh, is, yeah, we talked about the sort of the first few rounds, and I think I said already that um, I was impressed with. Uh, I think I think that Joshua managed in the first four rounds. I think um, Josh, Joshua managed to keep the fight. On the terms that he wanted, like Usyk still was winning. I mean, I think I had a two-two after four, but um, I haven't sat down and rescored it. So um, uh, 
After so, actually, after rewatching the fight, I would say that uh, the first couple of rounds are fair to score for Usyk. Actually, okay. <laughs> yeah. which, which is kind of funny. I mean, I guess it's just a sort of a, uh, mm. when, whenever you're watching a fight live, it always seems like closer than it actually is yeah. sometimes. I think I scored, like I said, I, I only scored it live, but I think I scored two and three for Usyk watching it live. I definitely scored the first, no, two and three for Joshua. I definitely scored the first for Usyk and the, the fourth for Usyk. I think I scored the middle two in there. You know, I can't, I can't say for certain that's what I'd come out with if I watched it again. But, um, but ultimately my point is, um, that uh, Joshua, that the fight was happening where Joshua intended it to be happening in those rounds. And then after that, Usyk started to get more, more joy and um i think you said it um about the jab um you were talking about how um he um yeah he adapted to the jab yeah <laughs> and that, that's when uh joshua started having way less success than he did in the beginning of the fight because uh uh if uh, joshua if you look at the way joshua jabs he kind of doesn't think um i i guess it's the way he fights he doesn't really think about what his how his opponent is going to respond to his adaptations, kind of didn't think that far ahead. He came up with a, a, an updated toolbox, which is great. Didn't come up with a backup toolbox uh, in case the opponent figures out his current to- toolbox. It's like yeah. w- whenever he jabbed, he expected uh, jo- Usyk to continue like nervously prancing around and uh, t- having trouble to uh, on entry, and then Usyk just started hand fighting. He just started. Making sure that uh, Joshua's uh, lead hand, he made sure that he always knows uh, what the lead hand of Joshua is doing. He kept checking it. He kept like sort of like tapping it with this um, really like light jab, and it was it c- could be mis- mistaken for a jab that uh, serves to establish distance. But actually, what I think Usyk was doing was to uh, check the lead hand of Joshua's, and if you notice. Uh, it's kind of like um, it's sort of an extension of the way both fighters uh, maintain their guard. If you look at Joshua, he stands bolt upright uh, with uh, his uh, fists sort of hanging vertically by the sides of his face and with Usyk, he always adjusts the guard. He he has uh, at long range, he has the long guard, uh, lead hand outstretched checking constantly, throat pumping jabs fainting, uh, middle distance Slightly, uh, the the hand is slightly closer, and he sort of like he can now cork it in a way that kind of threatens hooks, and uh, he uses the upper body upper body more uh, using head slots to draw shots and then threaten uh, threaten counters. Up close, he either goes to the filly shell or covers up, and then that's when he gets physical and shoves you off uh, off him to reestablish distance. And so Joshua didn't didn't really have an answer to the hand fight. He kind of almost puts uh, this idea in him psychologically planted this thought that oh i can't throw a jab because there's the lead hand of uh, usix and he may throw a counter if i attempt a jab um, and uh, usix has done a good job of uh, uh, answering the jab with either a lead left straight either to the body or to the head a wide le- rear left hook or just sort of like a, a jab hook mix up so, Usyk, uh, it's not like Usyk was, like, completely conceding the terms of the fight to Joshua. He was just sort of fine to work uh, at a rate that uh, Joshua wanted to establish to sort of give him, give himself some time to figure out what Joshua is doing and give Joshua a sort of a 
a certain a sense of security, I guess, to get his guard down, so Usyk can uh, pour it on later and uh, unload. Uh, really, really yeah. unload in yeah. the later rounds. Yeah, and I think it's fair to say Usyk. No, Usyk knows that no matter what Joshua's doing, he's going to slow down faster than. Usyk is, um, and so that was yes. probably some of it. Yeah, so um, it's fine. It's fine to let Joshua work because yeah. then I can uh, shift gears, and Joshua would not be able to keep up essentially. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know, with what you were saying um, about yeah, Joshua brought the adjustment, but not an adjustment to the adjustment. It pretty much um, it's uh, something that um, my brother uh, mentioned in the uh, preview, Matos. Um, he compared them to each other as a process fighter the, the Joshua the template fighter and um, Usyk with the process and you can see that like Joshua brought in a much more complicated template but he was still working within the bounds you know he expected Usyk to do certain things and if Usyk did something else he got a bit lost and uh, yeah that's just uh, I mean we talked about how Joshua is impressive and how this adaptation is impressive and uh all that stuff, but fact remains a fact. Usyk is still a step step above. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, honestly, I kind of hate talking about the levels, but this time it really yeah. is. It, yeah, it's just a just a different level, just diff- different different yeah. class of fighter, really. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> with Usyk, he's also like I I think we've talked enough about Joshua. I think we can talk about the way why Usyk is so. It was so impressive yeah. this fight is because you can clearly see just how much thought he puts into what to do in a certain round it's not like yeah. he's not like thinking about he's not thinking broadly broadly this is what I'm going to do in this fight and Joshua did think broadly about this fight so I'm going to come in do this and that and that's going to and these such and such things are going to happen with Usyk it's always like this round, I'm going to throw lots of two one twos to keep the high guy preoccupied. And uh, this round, I would start going to the body. This round, I'm going to start countering uh, Joshua's body shots with uh, with uh, count- counters uh, over the top. And that's how kind of he started building up and up and up and up. And that's just Dusik in a nutshell. It's just, he's always building towards something. Yeah, yeah, and he's yeah he's he's not thinking about just about what's happening right now he's thinking about what he wants to do in two rounds in the future uh, which I think there are maybe two or three fighters at the top of the game who do that you know him uh, himself and Crawford and I mean I can't really think of anyone else right now well Canelo kind of but um, not to that level they're just it's really uh, like the art of intent yeah. it's like the understanding of what you're setting yeah. up and why yeah and understanding what your opponent is doing as well because I can think of lots of fighters that have a plan and are like, okay, to a certain amount, you know, if I do this, then in a few rounds, this will be opening. But um, Usyk is just constantly thinking about what his opponent's doing as well and how he can best use that to get to use what his opponent's doing against them. Um, yeah, you know, uh, Joshua obviously. started throwing the body shots and started throwing the intercepting shots to try and corral Usyk and try to make him move one way. And a couple of those body shots uh, connected reasonably well. And then Usyk just started defending pretty much every single body shot. And he was defending well prior to that because he expected Joshua to come in with body shots. I mean, it just makes sense. Okay, I'm going to move laterally a lot. 
what's what's Joshua is gonna do? Obviously, he's gonna try and make me stay stand in one place to knock me out. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna be wise to that. Yep. And uh, yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> not much out of that. That's a pretty basic game planning, and uh, and I think what Joshua was not necessarily comfortable with was Usyk. As you say, Usyk's guard is a variable and adjust, adjustable, but it's not just depending on the range. You know, he has an active guard. Um, he has oh, a guard that very active, yeah. he moves depending on what his opponent's throwing. And I think Joshua isn't necessarily used to that idea because he doesn't have an active guard. So his hook is always, this is something I've talked about him with before, when he throws a hook to the body, it's always the exact same hook to the body. So Usyk didn't really have to work very hard to... To figure out where that was coming, uh, whereas the other way around, you know, if Usyk throws a hook to the body, he can be th- he can throw the exact same hook, but it will be he will have taken a step slightly differently to set it up, so it won't be the exact coming from the exact same angle. And, um, and Joshua struggles with that because, as you say, his guard is just keeping his arms and elbows tucked and hoping that his opponent lands on them. Basically, uh, you know, that's uh, that's one of the things that things about the difference in levels, isn't it? It's, um... Yeah, it's also evident in the later rounds where uh, Usyk starts hooking around the guard and starts like yeah. manipulating the guard, splitting the guard. And uh, Joshua yeah. just looks very frustrated with it. Yeah. And also, the one thing that I didn't mention is that Us- Usyk utilized the inside angle uh, step and jab really well in this fight, right? The, this mm-hmm. jolting step and jab that uh, Lomachenko also uses. Just yeah. uh, moving one way, constantly moving... Uh, Taking the outside angle, taking the outside angle, oops, stopped. Takes the inside angle, takes a step inside the lead foot of the opponent and then rams this jab yeah. in. And it clearly bothered Joshua quite yeah. a bit. I really, I really like it when both of them do that because I really hate this cliche of, uh, if your foot, if you're fighting an open stance matchup, your foot has to be on the outside or you're doing it wrong. It oh, actually yeah. pisses me off so much because it's, it's, it's often true, but it's often the, the exact wrong thing for the situation too. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it also just makes you predictable, really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm, you see a southpaw in front of you and you go like, okay, he's just going to try and step outside. Okay, I'm just going to yeah. catch him, catch him with an intercepting hook and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like putting your what? foot in. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> while, I mean, yeah, you, I, I presume you wanted to say the same thing. I'm sorry. But uh, while taking the outside angle shortens the path to the, uh, for, for the, your rear hand, it also shortens the path for your opponent's lead hand. Yeah. <laughs> and both yeah. Usyk and Lomachenko know this very clearly. Yeah. And, and just uh, apart from anything else, taking the inside angle and doing it properly is an incredibly effective aggressive move because it breaks your opponent's stance if you know what you're doing your opponent has to work around you that has to reframe themselves and that just gives you time to work and Usyk you know Joshua for Joshua that's a really bad problem because he has always been I have to be in the perfect stance you know if I'm going to work I have to be perfectly set and perfectly you know everything has to be right before I work and so when when Usyk kind of steps into this angle where he where Joshua is uncomfortable he didn't really know what to do and he had to you know I mean he also just stands within the range of Joshua's arms yeah and it's really hard for Joshua to uh, uncork yeah. shots uh, with impunity yeah uh, or easily and uh, yeah. the uppercut is there but I mean Usyk knew the uppercut wasn't yeah. it? so he was prepared for it yeah 
It's actually really frustrating with Joshua because I can think of multiple British fighters, including one was on the card, Callum Smith, who were really long, who know how to throw really short shots. Like there's loads of them. So there's clearly British coaches who know how to teach long fighters to fight inside, but Joshua just hasn't just hasn't come get well through to him like at all. You know? Yeah, it's kind of a side effect of who Joshua is. Yeah. Himself. Like uh... I know, like, mm. this podcast is just devolving into us shitting on Joshua yeah. <laughs> at this point. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of a shame because, you know, I don't dislike Joshua. Like, he's, he's fine. He's, 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 he's cool. Okay. But, he's okay. He's trying this, his best. Yeah, it's just this myth that has grown up around him. And, I mean, I, I call myself Polish, but, I, you know, I, I did grow up in England and uh, I do kind of live in the British boxing sphere. Just this myth that grows up around him. You just kind of end up countering all, all the time, you know. I do know that Joshua is simply gigantic in England. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's part of the huge media campaign that surrounds him and uh, the way that he presents himself and the way his personality is calculated in a way to appeal to all the levels of uh, the British public. Yeah. Kind of like sort of rough, but not too much. Yeah. Refined, but not too much. Yeah, I mean, there is an element, and this is absolutely not my area of expertise, um, and it would be something, you know, if, we, if it was to be talked about, it would have to be someone, you know, maybe Steve Bunce. Um, but as a black guy in England, you know, there is a certain amount of uh, some certain sides of the media would get uh, would get on his case if he showed more personality. Let's put it that way. Like you see it in the football. Um, you know, some footballers just get get it in the neck just for being, you know, compl- they're not being rough or anything they're just showing personality and they get completely run over by the media so i can t- totally understand him being like okay i have to k- keep it completely neutral to keep everyone on side but um but it does make him hard to warm to i guess like it makes him easy to like but hard to love if you see what i'm saying there's a, yeah. there's a certain distance i understand yeah. why there's a distance and i understand why he behaves mm. himself uh, yeah. Why he beha- behaves in the way that he does, and uh, there's certainly a lot of pressure on him because, obviously, like uh, as far as I know, the British media is absolutely horrendous. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, being as large as he is, as large of a public figure as he is, there is a lot of pressure on on that uh, mm. on that head, and yeah, and and he is also he's also the reputable side of a sport that isn't reputable. So mm-hmm. he's and he knows he's carrying that with him. Like he's uh, he's been on Graham Norton and you know all that kind of thing. And that just uh, yeah, that's a, it's a bit of an aside to the fight itself, but it does kind of it almost links to the way he fights. It's just it kind does, of weird. It really does. <laughs> it just uh, yeah. it's like his style is uh, built for something. Uh, yeah. It's like he's, he's not. It's, it's built for broad appeal. Is how yeah. I would put it. Yeah, he's not brutal. He's never going to be. Roberto Duran, you know, he's just not going to be that guy who's really trying to hurt his opponent. Now, yeah, obviously he's trying to knock his opponents out, but he's not. He's never going to be the guy who is being nasty and gritty and dirty. And yeah, and if he does knock people out, it's always with like clean combinations at mid range, yeah. textbook mm-hmm. technique, uh, always the, the same stance, always the same distance, the same angle yeah. on the shot. Looks yeah. good on photos. Looks good in promos. Uh, yeah. Satisfies everybody. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a kind of weird thing because it's almost um, it's something I used to talk about more. It's it's not even the case so much in British boxing anymore. But there was a while when um, almost every fighter coming up 
could be put in the same sort of template of, you know, manages the distance well, is clean, has, you know, throws things in and out, throws things uh, well going in and out, like little combinations, and is precise and all of that kind of thing. You know, you had your um, Terry Flanagan and Anthony Crotter, who um, our colleague Taylor really likes, and, you know, they're just these boxers at all different weights who were really all about, you know, middle distance and all of that kind of thing, but didn't necessarily move their heads, they didn't necessarily... You know, they weren't necessarily um, very um, nasty and dirty and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. It's like Joshua embodies a certain kind of boxing that that was really common in British boxing and he just kind of fits it to a T and it's all the good things and all the bad things. It's like <laughs> it's the style really of boxing that is palatable to the general public is how I yeah. would put it. Yeah. And uh, which is funny because Usyk is not like exactly... Like a crazy fucking brutalist himself. No, <laughs> he's well, not a brute. He's no. a very clean boxer as well. Yeah. It's just that he's way more nuanced in his boxing. Yeah. And uh, there has been, but despite that, he's also way more versatile. And uh, despite the fact that his A game is out fighting, back foot out fighting, taking center cage and like uh, moving laterally, peppering people with shots. Mm. He's actually also extremely physical on the inside, and you yeah. could see that whenever Joshua tried to attempt clinching with him and getting like getting gnarly in there. Because, and I really liked the ref because the ref quickly wisened up to it. The moment Joshua tried to grab a single collar tie, sort of, and try to throw an uppercut, he stopped Joshua and warned him. And yeah. then, whenever Joshua clinched again, Usyk would just wiggle his way out and shove Joshua off him like yeah. easily. And in the later rounds, Joshua had to resort to rabbit punches to to, hmm. to find any sort of reasonable offense uh, on the inside, which I really didn't like, honestly. Just and the low blow in the beginning as yeah. well. <laughs> yeah, just punch him in the dick. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, not the rabbit punching so much, but um, I did appreciate Joshua, did, you know, trying something a little bit dirty. Like, rabbit punches is a whole other thing because um, you know, they can kill you. But um, but um. You know, I appreciated him going, okay, fuck this, I want to win. But um, he's just not very good at it. <laughs> he yeah, yeah. He's never done that before. I appreciate yeah. the effort, but you're not doing yeah. it in a clever way. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think with Usyk as well, is you know, you say his A game is out fighting, but um, I would go so far to say as, no, I almost see him as more of a, not not an inside fighter, but um, a pressure fighter. Uh, who, like, as he's moved up to heavyweight, he's kind of become more of an outfighter because it just makes more sense yeah. not to have to be shoving. But you know, when he was fighting at cruiserweight, he would be he'd be on the he wouldn't be inside, but he'd be on the front foot and moving his you know around his opponents and pushing them back. And it's just as he's moved up to heavyweight, he's had to. No, he's adapted he, his style. Yeah, yeah. It's just that, I mean, Usyk Usyk's game a game is fucking <laughs> boxing. I guess yeah. he's just, just really good it. boxer and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant at any distance. I so want to see him fight Tyson Fury. We'll talk about that at the end, I guess. But uh, yeah. I really want to see that fight. But yeah, uh, yeah. the best round of the fight was uh, Joshua uh, unloading on Usyk. Uh, but yeah. uh, looking back, he didn't actually connect with a lot of meaningful shots mm. in that round. Yeah, there were two rounds, weren't there? Where he like, there was one where he kind of I can't even remember the order. Like I really should have uh, noted this down. But there were two rounds where one of them he kind of pushed a little bit, and then the other one he kind of really started um, pressing in, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say this is one of the things that I was impressed with. Um, a lot of fighters would have done that straight away. Would have just 
you know, come out in the first round and try to push Usyk to the ropes. And so I was quite impressed that Joshua left it until sort of round eight, nine to start doing that. Just because, you know, Joshua was never going to be capable of doing it um, all the way through the fight. And uh, yeah, he's just, he, he's never had a backup plan before, Joshua, basically. Like, there has never been a fight where, win or lose, where he has had any kind of response. Like, we've talked about, um, yeah, um, Joshua's responses are broad strokes and not necessarily, you know, they're not directly in response to something Usyk's doing, but they are, you know, he did have, okay, this has stopped working for me now, let me try something else. And that was an, you know, that's an adjustment, that for him, that's a big step. Like, it's a, it's something new he brought to the table. And yeah, I was quite impressed by that, even though, and I would say, you know, he didn't necessarily connect with that much of what he threw. But um, one thing I think he did really well is, it would have been a danger for him to do that if he'd have just gone whenever. But uh-huh. he did make sure that he didn't, most of the time, that he didn't start those sort of pressuring attacks until he'd tagged Usyk with something. Like, he made him jump with a body shot. And when he did, that's when he'd start moving. And those were the moments where Usyk had to take a moment to recover. So by the time he started moving, Joshua was already pushing him back. And I think those were the best moments for Joshua. Yeah. Probably in the fight, but uh, uh, and that was smart. That was something that I wasn't expecting from him to. Okay, I'm only going to do this when when I see I've got a reaction, and then I'm going to do this and push forward. And you know, it was clearly thought up before the fight, but it was you know, it was a big step. It was a big thing for big step for him. And he actually sort of wobbled Dusik uh, with a left hook at some point. Yeah, it's just that Dusik recovered extremely quickly and uh, jumped right back into the fray. And yeah. honestly, those later rounds were really, really like like uh, high octane in that sense in terms of action and the back and forth momentum swings mm. uh, yeah. even though upon closer expansion, uh, uh, inspection you would say that okay Usyk was not in that big of a trouble but still he had to work hard and uh, yeah. Joshua made it interesting that's why this uh, performance is impressive compared to the previous one he made it things interesting he had to he, he made Usyk work yeah. For stuff, and it's not like Usyk didn't have to work for for anything. Like um, in the previous fight, he still had did plenty of many different interesting setups and looks. Mm. And but this time, he just sort of had to dig dig deeper yeah. to to find his moments. Yeah, well, Especially, I think, yeah. I think the big difference is in the first fight. He, you know, he did a lot of different things, but he was doing them when he wanted. He wasn't responding to Joshua doing anything because Joshua uh-huh. was just doing the same thing. Whereas in this one, he did have to take into account, you know, Joshua would bring something new and Usyk would have to adjust. And that just, you know, that didn't really happen in the first fight. And in this one, it really, it did several times. And that just made it much more fun to watch, to be honest. Yeah, and the final, like, before the final round, the the visual of Usyk, the close-up of his face while he's silently praying or, like, saying affirmations to himself. And then then he just... Uh, jumps up and runs out like a bat out of hell and starts yeah. un- uncorking these bombs <laughs> on yeah. on Joshua to clearly secure the final round and establish yeah. like uh, that. Yeah, I I got this. Not yeah. cruising or anything or trying to survive. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think I have to I have to be fair to Joshua here because I think it was round round eleven when he really started battering him about the ring. That's a scary thought, round for Rusik. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I think, was it one of the, yeah, and I, th- I thought Usyk was going to knock Joshua out. I think it, uh, there was one, it was either 10 or 11, where I thought he's really going to 
pushed through and I think it was round 10 where I thought he was going to push through and knock him out, nearly knock him out. And then round, oh, you know, I really should have noted down. But, um, and then Joshua kind of found something and hurt him. I think he caught him with a counter as it came in. Yeah, he yeah. Uh, did a good job of uh, hanging a little bit longer at range, yeah. in the range and throwing a right hand, throwing with Usyk. And that sort of gave yeah. Usyk pause. Yeah. And and uh, there, there was one thing that I I did mention this in my little post fight thing, um, but um, you know we talked about Joshua, you know that he was never going to sort of unleash this really rough hanging <laughs> on his guy, but he kind of did in the last two rounds. He came it was his, close to doing that. Yeah, it was his desperation response. It's not something he's good at, and he you know it yeah. was never going to be. It was never should have been his plan. But I was like, fair play, you know, he's left it as a desperation, you know, as a desperation move, as a last resort, you know, you might as well, you know, you could have practiced it better, but, um, you're, you know, you can only practice so many things at once. Um, you know, fair enough. And I think it did give Usyk, um, it took a lot of the options out of Usyk's, uh, toolbox just for the last two rounds. And it pretty, was probably really only kept Joshua, you know, it, it stopped Usyk knocking Joshua out by sheer volume. Yeah. But it, because, you know, uh... it, it, it did do that, you know, Basically, like what happened in those later rounds is that uh, Joshua started doing just enough to not let uh, Usyk knock him out, and they both uh, had to. Like, and Usyk was forced to throw down with Joshua. That's uh, yeah. yeah th- that's what's what's made those later rounds entertaining because they would actually like trade really dangerous shots, yeah. mess by, by by like a <laughs> like a hair and ninja, um, yeah. and. Uh, there were some really good connections on uh, by both fighters, like the yeah. right hand, uh, the left hook by Joshua, and then Usyk would connect with like um, a really hard one, two, three, uh, yeah. or a really, really, really hard uh, body shot. Or he was also Usyk also started going body head himself. He was uh, doing this a lot, and it's uh, yeah. it's uh, I think it affected uh, Joshua's gas tank as well and affected his decision to go hog wild in the later rounds yeah. because I mean yeah I'm not not giving not, uh, certainly not getting that second wind so yeah. might as well yeah just uh, just throw it all on the table and I'll, I'll you know I'll, I'll give him credit for that as well is um, you know we, were, we both said earlier in the fight that Joshua needs everything to be super clean before he really does any work and in those final you know two three rounds he really did just kind of throw whenever he could and you know, whenever he saw something, whenever he saw any kind of an opening, he threw, even if he wasn't in stance, which, you know, again, isn't, that's not a practical option for Joshua for 12 rounds because he hasn't got the tank for it. But, um, but it's something we've never really seen from him before as well. So that was something, you know, yeah, okay, he's improved. You know, it's something he's added to his game. He's, uh, he's a better fighter now than he was before he fought Usyk, which, you know, if you've lost, that's all you can ask for, really. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of. I mean, Joshua is like uh, basically Joshua showed why he belongs in there at the world level, and Usyk just showed in response why he's just one of the greatest boxers of this generation, essentially. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's that's how I would sum up the fight. But yeah, Usyk gets the decision, uh, yeah. w- even though there has been an attempt. Yeah, one judge, not the British judge, not the British judge, surprisingly, one judge gave it to Joshua. Um, 
113 in Joshua's favor, I think it was, yeah. which is just yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, no, come on. This is just w- one of those moments that uh, makes you go like boxing fucking stinks. Yeah, <laughs> what is this? Yeah, uh, I mean heavyweight is. I like all weights are guilty of it, but it, it just, when it happens at heavyweight, it's just sometimes like guys, come on. <laughs> because I think it's I think it's especially true at, at annoying at heavyweight because often the rounds you know the rounds weren't it was pretty clear who won every round, but there wasn't any rounds where you were like, oh, Joshua nearly won that, but Badusik won. It was always like, you know, there were a couple of rounds that Joshua won that you could have given to Usyk, but there weren't any going the other way. It's you know, like, it, okay, he's had success here. And yeah. that's it. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it, it it is what it is, but, but the right man won in the end, so. Uh, I guess. Yeah. We, have to, we have to accept it. <laughs> And we have to get into the bizarre outburst, by the way, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Like, like running out, like, I think, um, which one didn't show the moment where, the, the, was it the zone or Sky Sports that didn't show the zone? The zone showed him leave the cage and sprint off, and, um, Sky cage? was showing the replay, uh, the cage, <laughs> the, the, the ring. <laughs> The uh, zone showed him showed the whole bit of him leaving and coming back, and Sky showed um, him throwing the belts out of, out of the ring, um, which we didn't see if we were watching it. Well, I didn't see because I was watching the zone. But, oh my god! Uh, I saw on Twitter later. Um, yeah, but basically, um, as I think it was as Usyk was trying to lift them, Joshua grabbed two of the belts and threw them out, and then tried to start some shit with um, with Lomachenko, and then he left. And then as he was leaving, either someone said something to him or he realised himself he looked like an absolute swat. So he decided to go back and um, and hug it out. But then Usyk made the mistake of saying, oh, you're a strong champion. And um, I don't know, did you see what... Um, I, I, I kind of transcribed it, I wrote it out. Um, basically, yeah. Usyk said to him, you're strong. And Joshua went, I don't care about strong. I'm skilled. <laughs> you know, how did you beat me? I'm skilled. You're, you're not strong. How did you beat me? And then, you know, and then he uh, took the mic and went on that epic run of her. But, uh, yeah, no, it was clearly just a guy... Like, he knew he was losing it and he was trying to roll it back. And... But he had to let something out, so I mean, we lost the plot. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how else yeah. I would put it. And like, on one hand, yeah, okay, you work really hard. Uh, you put in, uh, like, you, you dig, digged the deepest you've ever dug, and mm. uh, found something that you didn't think you you've had before. Uh, fought somewhat against type, and uh, you still lost. And, uh, yeah. And also, the corner didn't help because the corner kept saying, t- telling him that, oh, you're winning every round. Yeah. Which is, I, I suppose, like positive affirmation, which makes yeah. sense. But on the other hand, it could have easily misled him yeah. into believing he's winning. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you look at the MMA for a second, where um, Edward's corner told him, you're, get, get, get your fucking head together, you're going to lose, kick him in the head, and you win. And then he did. Yeah. So, <laughs> sometimes you just need your corner to go, shut the fuck up and get going. And, uh, yeah, that nice contrast there. Like, mm. Really funny contrast because on the same night, two mm. English guys fighting, and uh, uh, w- one of them, one of them gets the win, and uh, the corner is extremely frank with him, extremely like, uh, uh, basically just yelling mm. at him, flipping out at him, like slapping him, like don't let you, don't let him bully mm. you, get in there, fucking knock him out. What the fuck are you doing? And he wins, and then he has his moment, and Usman shows class, uh, yeah. compliments uh, uh, Edwards, and 
everything is fine, Edwards gets to celebrate. Rusik Joshua. Joshua flips out, mm. makes it about himself, mentions the mm. war in Ukraine in passing. Yeah. Like, and I quote, I don't know what's happening. It's really bad. <laughs> yeah, it ain't nice. Is that how you said it? <laughs> yeah, it ain't nice. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I laugh, but it, I mean, it's it's funny and it's sad because it was clearly, he was clearly having a mental breakdown, but it was just like, he's also being a massive baby, you know, making yeah. it, like you say, making it about himself. And, uh, you know, and Usyk was just kind of like, you know, I know, I know what, I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to get in your face when you're clearly not in a good space, but uh, yeah. Usyk also just uh, d- doesn't really speak English well, and so he's just standing there like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> yeah. 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 Is he being nice? Is he not? Because like, cause this is the thing, he'd started he'd started a fight in the ring almost, then he came back and gave him a hug, and then he's going on this epic run. He's clearly yeah. trying to he clearly wanted to bitch about the decision. Yeah. And then he remembered that there's something going on in Ukraine, so I have to mention mm. that and sort of reel it back. Yeah. He also stole the flag and then he had to, Usyk had to be like, no, mate, give me my flag back. Um, yeah, and then I don't know if you saw in the in the press conference, um, once he'd calmed down, um, well, I say he calmed down, but he broke down in tears in the press conference because um, someone asked him if he could be proud of himself and Joshua was basically like, no. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's really hard for me to be proud of myself, and then he broke down in tears. So, oh my yeah. God. I guess it hit him. It finally yeah. hit him. Yeah, <laughs> showed his entire fucking ass to the world. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it also makes me think. You know, we want we want um, Usyk to fight Tyson Fury, but imagine if Fury fights Joshua, he will. F- you know, <laughs> he just melt down before he even gets into the oh my God. into the ring. So if there's you know. If there's one person who's good at beating his opponents before they're in the ring, it's Tyson Fury. <laughs> it's just, it's, uh, you know, normally you talk about boxing head gains and it's not, it's, they're just pretending, you know, they're not really that annoyed at each other, but Fury really does get in his opponent's heads, at least some of them, and Joshua just um, is not the right target. Tyson Fury is also a genuine, like, a genuine cunt. Yeah. So gives him an edge in the mind games. Yeah. No, he he is fully an arsehole. I mean, he's a difficult guy to talk about. I mean, yeah, because he he has his positive sides, and then he just every so often reminds you that he is just an absolute dickhead who has no interest <laughs> in fighting Usyk at all. But um, he may find himself his pride making him now. I yeah. hope so. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just a really bizarre moment and kind of tied to the uh, the whole. Like media thing, mm. I mean, I, I, like I have an inkling of a suspicion that if uh, had Joshua not been so media whipped and under so much pressure from everyone, being such a big public figure, he might not have had this outburst if he were allowed to show his personality every once in a yeah. while. And then now it all like came out all at once. Yeah, but I think <laughs> like, also. If he hadn't been so media whipped, he would have just left because he was on the way out. Like he'd had his tantrum mm. and he'd thrown the ring, he'd thrown the um, he'd thrown the belts out of the ring, and then he'd left. And then he went, oh, oh you know, that looks bad. I'd better go back. But he yeah. wasn't in the frame of mind. He wasn't in the right frame of mind to fix it. So he just kind of made it worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he shoved all the possible yeah. feet into his mouth like yeah. it's Tarantino. The thing, you know, in. Realistically, it was a lot less objectionable than uh, Wilder's outbursts after the second Fury fight. You know, it oh was, yeah, 
It was a lot yeah. better than that. And he kind of immediately, you know, after he calmed down, he kind of immediately went, yeah, I, I lost. I have to accept it. Whereas Wilder will still maintain that he beat Fury, that he, um, what was it? He got, um, drugged and drugged, Fury, uh, the suit uh, was, uh, too, too, yeah. too heavy. And, and Fury had his gloves in his wrists, uh, his fist mm. in his wrists off his gloves. And yeah. And he had an egg shaped weight. In his, yeah. Mm. You know, so it was definitely better than that, but, uh, but it wasn't pretty. It wasn't, wasn't, I mean, it was funny, but it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't an edifying sight. Yeah. And obviously, like, I think what makes it this worse for me, mm. Because it's, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, there's a fucking invasion going on. <laughs> Usyk had to be convinced uh, by his, like, uh, his close, uh, the people close to him and uh, everyone else um, who cares about him to go go and uh, fight Joshua because he joined a, a volunteer battalion uh, in the defense of Ukraine. I think President Zelensky actually had to talk to him. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, and uh, yeah. he was obviously representing his country, and he clearly, uh, uh, he's clearly very pa- patriotic. And before the invasion, he would constantly speak about how Russians and Ukrainians are both, like Slavic peoples. Yeah, uh, both both Orthodox uh, have to live uh, live together in peace. We've coexisted for thousands of years, uh, all that stuff, and now yeah. there's. There's a fucking invasion. And yeah. one thing that I noticed is that prior to the invasion, uh, the, all the post-fight interviews and all the public appearances, in all the public appearances, Osik would speak Russian. Yeah. And uh, in this post-fight interview, him and his corner were speaking in Ukrainian. And yeah. So clearly this meant a lot to him. And uh, he's obviously like trying his best to represent his culture. Wearing the traditional national costume, and, yeah, and the uh, um, the haircut came back as well. The haircut came back, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he think, cares a lot. Yeah, and I, I wonder if he felt a little bit, um, I don't know, if ashamed or uncomfortable because there was, like you say, there was in between the invasion of Crimea or Crimea and now he was kind of, you know, he was clearly trying to sort of build bridges or what have you, and he he fought in Russia um, in the WBSS final. And yeah. I think that, you know, there was talk that he wasn't going to, and then he did, and he stopped wearing that, you know, he used to wear that Cossack haircut, um, and then he stopped wearing it and all of that stuff. And then, and then the invasion happened. And I feel like, I don't know, obviously, but I feel like maybe he felt not responsible, but like, you know, made a fool of, like that he'd thought that Russia would, you Just know. thought uh, better things about Russia. Yeah. He expected <laughs> Russia to be sensible. Yeah. Yeah. And Russians themselves to be sensible. Yeah. But, but uh, um, I think also, um, maybe, I don't know if he's realized this or not, but um, him doing that probably was a positive thing in the end because um, because he became really popular in Russia. Mm. And there was there was an interview with, well, I mean, it, 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 supposedly, um, you know, it's hard to know for sure, but there was a guy who'd, um, a Russian soldier who'd been, um, I think he kidnapped or defected, but he did an interview in... Um, in Western television, and one of the, one of the, he specifically mentioned one of the things that made him realise that the war wasn't what um, what they were being told it was back home in Russia was that Usyk and Lomachenko were against it, and that Usyk and Lomachenko were fighting for Ukraine, and like he specifically mentioned that these are our heroes and they're fighting against us. Um, so in that sense, like yeah, you know Usyk making himself big in Russia even in a small way, might have helped. But, I, you know, obviously I wasn't in Russia, so I don't know. Um, but, yeah. uh, 
Uh, amongst a certain group, I, I would say that he would have uh, certain traction, and, uh, yeah. and so that's a good thing. And uh, yeah, like the most uncharitable interpretation of his uh, actions would be like, oh, he tried to both sides this thing, yeah. and uh, this is a criticism that he came under uh, back in Ukraine, back home in Ukraine, for like yeah. trying to reach out to Russians. And uh, I guess. <laughs> Obviously, like fucking getting invaded is a horrible thing, but in a way that uh, Usyk has been vindicated in a way by giving the benefit of the doubt, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And now, yeah, obviously now he's just full on representing his country and uh, trying to get as much eyes as possible on yeah. the situation in the country to get support. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, in that sense. You know, I think that's a, I think that's what Zelensky said to him. Um, yeah, you have to be an icon. We need icons, right? And uh, he is one of the most famous Ukrainians in the world. You know, mm-hmm. that's and, that's uh, where you're one of the greatest Ukrainian sportsmen in, in yeah. the history of the country. Yep. So yep. yeah, there you have it. Um, <laughs> I really like the reaction that Usyk. Uh, had uh, when uh, someone, uh, one of the reporters asked him on the post-fight presser, like, what was different about this fight? Like, one judge scored it for Joshua. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> yeah, no, he, he, he's, that's the thing. He's, you know, he's got all this thing that is fighting under, but he's also, he never stops being, I wouldn't say happy, but, um, yeah, he's, he's got personality. You could never accuse him of, of lacking personality. It's, it's yeah. such a strange contrast. Uh, there's Joshua, uh, obviously, we know like all this media stuff, and mm. uh, then there's Usyk, who is because of the language barrier, no one really knows what Usyk is like overseas. Mm. He's everyone thinks that he's sort of like this weird guy, crazy weirdo, mm. crazy silly dancing Ukrainian man. But uh, mm. when you listen to him speak uh, in his native language and in Russian, he's uh, clearly a very thoughtful kind of guy yeah. and uh, very introspective and. Clearly, extremely intelligent, but also just um, uh, doesn't take himself too seriously. It's, yeah. it's yeah. just uh, really for real kind of dude. Yeah, I think that's where he differs from Lomachenko as well, because Lomachenko does take himself very seriously indeed. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, obviously, he, he, yeah, there's a reason he's almost everyone's favorite fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess the, what's uh, what, what else is there to talk about? The the, the fucking mandatory yeah. <laughs> fight with oh, a, a yeah. <laughs> I mean, Usyk Usyk has said he he's either going to fight Tyson Fury or he's going to retire. So um, I can yeah. imagine he that would probably involve vacating just because the IBF are so um, so strict about it. But um, at the same time, I'm not sure, you know, if they only want to fight each other or retire, I don't think they necessarily... I mean, necess- fucking... They would want to be undisputed, but they're not going to go, okay. And also, know. like, at this point, who, who really gives a shit about belt and boxing, really? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah. I think, well, at this, it's weird. At uh, this stage, there are quite a few undisputed unifications happening. So, so it's kind of getting to the stage where... Being undisputed is the just is the real world champion of the division. You know there are so mm. many scattered ones, but I think this this year there's been three or four um, undisputed divisions. Um, 
So it's it's now getting to a stage where you can say there's a number one in each division, but it's not the guy who's the world champion. It's the guy who's unified with the belts, mm. um, which didn't happen for like twenty years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But in any case, I really want that fight to happen. It would be so good. Um, you know, there are oh, some yeah. people who insist that. Uh, well, there are people who insist that um, Usyk has no chance because Fury's too big and too good, and there are other people who insist that um, Fury has no chance because Usyk is a uh, too much, slick. Yeah, yeah, too slick. And I mean, he is obviously a slicker boxer, but I think both of those sets of people are wrong. Um, yeah, it's, I think it's much more complicated than that. Yeah. It's always, always really is. Yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, I mean, Fury doesn't have. He has other weaknesses, but he hasn't got any of the weaknesses that Joshua has. Like, mm. Just none of them, basically. All of the things that Usyk did to beat Joshua would be invalid against uh, against Fury. He would have to do something completely different. It's going to be yeah. a completely different matchup. Yeah. And uh, yeah. if uh, there's one fighter that I trust to come up with a completely different approach, is uh, it's Usyk. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is that's why I really want to see it because you know, and I mean, there's also the question of how. Tyson Fury feels on the night, but uh, but if you know at the same time, if there's one heavyweight who can come up with something different and change it in the middle of the fight, it is Tyson Fury. So it's just yeah, it would it's be a fascinating question of matchup. whether Tyson Fury really cares. Yeah. If he cares, he's going to show up and uh, be really interesting and do lots of different yeah. stuff. He doesn't give a shit. He'll just yeah. show up fat and phone it in. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to say. All the big fights in his career, he's shown up for. Like he, you know, for your yeah. Otto Wallend or whatever, he's turned up and been a bit shit. But, um, but for the really big moments, he's always been there. So, mm. yeah, it makes sense. You don't want to burn yourself out, like yeah. preparing constantly, extremely hard for every matchup. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's it is a weird thing with Fury. Is um, you know, you look at Joshua, you look at Fury. Fury is clearly the more athletic of the two. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> insane seven yeah. feet tall can't keep up a pace for 12 rounds yeah. impossible yeah. to knock out extremely yeah. durable can't punch uh, and is actually extremely mobile and skilled yeah. like yeah. what the fuck is <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean he's a freak there's not you know I'm not saying he's the best headweight boxer ever because that's clearly not true but there's never been anyone like him right like, with his collection of attributes there's yeah. been none no one comes yeah. close yeah yeah, no, it's it's so weird. He's such a weird guy. Like, I wish he wasn't a massive homophobic twat because then I can like him. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, there are there are there are ways in which it's admirable. So you know, and he would yeah. be an extremely interesting fight for, for Usyk. Uh, with, with fighting, you take what you can get. At least, yeah. at least Tyson Fury doesn't go around uh, calling people who kill himself and yeah. kill themselves cowards because he actually cares about all this stuff. Yeah, it's like it's like Paddy. Fucking Pimblet, like a ma- mm. massive racist, yeah. <laughs> tearfully vouching for people who are struggling with depression. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the fighting is complicated. Like, um, um, we were having a chat in uh, during Molly Meatball Molly's um, last fight. You know, obviously on the on the, um, on the card. I won't go too too long, but suddenly a bunch of people realizing, you know, oh shit, maybe she's not all that bad because you know all the things she said post fight. You know, so, oh shit, maybe she's okay. She's just friends with Paddy Pimblett, and that makes her awful. And then <laughs> she runs up and hugs this barstool sports guy. Yeah. <laughs> and then she runs up and ha- then she runs up and hugs Stormzy. It's like, how do you even know Stormzy? <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, fuck the Tories, but here's my friend, an avowed racist. He's okay. Yeah. 
but he fuck, he says fuck the Tories too. So you know what can you what can you do? Yeah, the, yeah. they're storm, stormsy, I guess. So yeah, I know him as well. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, fighting is weird. Anyway, we should probably. Uh, yeah, we're just talking about whatever the fuck right yeah. now. <laughs> we, should, we should probably wrap them, wrap this up, you know, unless you really want to talk about Cameron Smith, um, you know. Uh, sh- should we look forward to a written piece on the uh, on the fight from you? Um, I will try. I can't one hundred percent promise it because you know, full time job. Yeah. Health health not fantastic, um, but I I would like to. Um, but uh, it may, you know, it may if it comes out, it may not come out this week. The weekend is dead for boxing. Like there's something happening, but um, not very interesting. So I may do something sort of over the weekend. Um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna promise it because when I promise things, uh, then I get into trouble. So so I will, I will try, but um, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. And uh, what is happening? I should actually mention because I always do at the end of my podcasts um, what. What boxing is happening yeah, this I'm weekend? Kind of just, so, just doing so, my usual thing of uh, hogging up yeah. all the airtime and interrupting. Yeah. And just... Let me check. Hold on. Saturday, August twenty seventh. So Jose Pedraza is fighting Richard Comey. So that's okay, but that's the only thing happening. Um, Jared Anderson is fighting. He's okay. Um, yeah, there's a bit of heavyweight action and a bit of junior welterweight action. I, I might write a preview, um, but it's one of those weekends where it's so you know it's so dead that. Um, that it may not be worth me sitting down for two hours to put it together. Um, but we'll see. You know, again, I will do my best. But that's what's happening to, to the listeners. Uh, yeah, there is a there is a card happening. There is a card happening this weekend. Um, Pedraza versus Comedy. Comedy. Yeah. And other than that, um, do you have anything? I mean, you'll have a podcast of your own coming up. Uh, I yeah, I was uh, thinking about maybe uh, making doing my own Tinkerdown breakdown of the fight, uh, but now I'm gonna have my doubts because we pretty much covered everything. Yeah, I mean we've been we've talked for an hour and <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, there's uh, I'm probably going to release uh, definitely going to release a breakdown of uh, Leon versus uh, uh, Usman yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, alternate commentaries up on our Patreon for yeah. Leon as Usman too. Uh, it features me and the Forbidden Technique guys. Also look forward to their show coming out this week. And uh, the I already mentioned the commentary for Usyk uh, Joshua. And, and we mentioned it. We alluded it to it in the uh, during the uh, during the talk. But um, if you're uh, if you're already a patron or if you're not, um, I will I will I will be starting to put up little. Pieces are just after the fight, you know, for the patrons. Just something I'll put my thoughts together after the fight and throw it out onto the patron site. So if you're interested in that, you know, sign up for a patron Patreon. Um, and the first one, the first one went up this weekend where I did a little breakdown of Joshua after the fight. Um, yeah. yeah. And, uh, there's always the discord, obviously. Uh, if you're listening to this, join the discord. There's, Always a good discussion going on at, at any given day, just five bucks per month. And uh, we host like fight watch parties. Uh, we hang, hang out in the voice chat to watch something. Uh, uh, guys in the Discord exchange training advice. And uh, yeah, it's a really cool place. It's really chill. I, I think uh, people would enjoy it. Uh, people who are in there and uh, who recently joined up are really enjoying it. So I would yeah. highly recommend you subs- you subscribe to the Patreon and enter the Discord. It is it is one of the uh, 
one of the, the um, selling points, it was one of the plus points of the fight site, one of the uh, value added is our Discord. So then, yeah, I agree. Join join the Discord, join the page and join the Discord. Um, and other than that, yeah, I think we'll wrap it up there, I guess. Mm. And I will see my listeners next time. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having me, and, uh, and uh, I apologize for turning this into another episode of Tengri That's what I always do whenever <laughs> I get invited. Just, uh, I'll, just I'll, I'll, I got a few, I got a few words in. You didn't you didn't you didn't interrupt me, so I feel I feel honoured by uh, you not deliberately <laughs> interrupting me. Uh, you've never you've never done that to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah. I'm okay. Just feeling, feeling mellow today, I guess. Just yeah, losing sure, losing right. losing my touch. Yeah. <laughs> just going soft. Oh dear. Anyway, okay. Well, let's uh, let's stop it there. Um, see you guys. Yeah, cheers. Yeah.